Hello, Internet, and welcome to The Relic Grind, Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast here on Ready Check Radio. Woo-woo-woo. It's Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means it's time to go live. Twitch.tv slash ReadyCheckRadio. Awesome to see you all here hanging out in chat. If you're watching on YouTube, listening on Audible, Spotify, whatever you're listening on, thank you so much. Give us a like, a thumbs up, a t- subscribe, turn on notifications, all of that fun stuff. And if you need to know where the socials are, hit up the website, readycheckradio.com. All the socials right there, so you'll easily be able to follow. So we've got 14 news, a little bit. We've got some Square Enix news, some good and some not so good. And we're going to go over all of it. And then, of course, yes, we have chairs. We have chairs. (sighs) Joining me to go over all of it, Mr. Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tarkoth. What's up, sir? Greetings, programs. You can dye the chair. It doesn't have to be just pink and white. It can be white and whatever. Yeah, but it's I th- a chair. I think it's always white, though, right? Like the dyeable, it's always white. Yeah, the, the dyeable yeah. part is just the the padding yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. So it's not really dyeable. It's somewhat dyeable. And we'll ask our resident Lala how he feels. Adam Lane, aka Kronos. What's up, sir? Man, I saw the initial notes, and I was like, thank God, we're not talking about the chair. Yeah, then... so funny story about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I did not Tark have it, it in the initial notes. I was like, no, no, I, no, don't want to do this. And when the initial notes went out, I immediately get a ping from Tark. He says, we're not going to talk about the chair. And I was like, dude, I've seen the chair over the last, like, five days or whatever. I, I'm uh, just not interested. I don't care. And he was like, well, you know. Pyro did his thing, and then you know Zeno and Asma, I mean, and, and I was, was like, kind of a big deal for a little while. I, I was like, yeah, but I, I you know, fine. Yeah. You know, I still <laughs> fine. If you want to bring it up, you can. It's fine. And so I just put a little addendum there. It was like, okay, chair. If you have something, all it says was literally all it said was fine. Chair shit. Let's go. Uh, and then Tark <laughs> went ahead and just like put a bunch of links in there that nobody. I, I put the timetable down. Yeah. For I mean, I'd be lied if I said I didn't watch some of it. Before this, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch Asmund's thing uh, because at that point I'm like watching somebody react to a react of something, and I'm like just yeah, reaction, right? Like I, I'm not a huge fan of like YouTube reaction (laughs) stuff, and I know it's like the current meta, but I can't wait for it to not be the YouTube meta anymore. Like I, I don't mind sitting uh, in a like a live stream where like let's say I'm watching you know Happy and Sly live react to uh, a, a producer's live letter let's say because we're not the three of us aren't going to stream so I'll just go watch his you know that uh, it's kind of like that's different to me personally because like we're all just sitting there together watching something and chatting about it in real time like you know we would if you were all at my house and we were watching it and we were chatting about it uh, but I I just I. It's not me, man. I can't put on a YouTube video of somebody reacting to somebody else's YouTube video. Like, I just, I'm like, I don't care enough. I didn't care about opinion one, let alone enough to care about <laughs> opinion two on opinion one. It's just not me. I don't, is that for you guys? Like, do you like that type of stuff? It depends on what it's about. If it's like a discussion, this is like, this is basically just like some drama stir up stuff, I think. Oh, but, uh, absolutely. I'm I'm speaking in general, not specific yeah. to the, the chair stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, um, I'll give you an example of one I just watched today where it's like, you know, Marvel snaps about to patch the game and some people were like speculating on uh, 
changes they want to see. And I saw people like reacting to other people's changes. So I like to hear like people's opinions on how they think a game should change or if it's something I'm interested in. Right. And I respect their opinion. Right. Um, so stuff like that I do enjoy. But like watching someone react to some like pop culture thing happening, eh, I probably don't care. Yeah, it's just it's just not me. I, like I'm a, I'm a very like I'm a, maybe I'm a content snob, Tark. Like there's a very like oh, you are you are there's like a very it's, it's fine it's fine. I I like the stuff where there's like clearly a lot of thought and a lot of like effort. And I'm not I'm not meaning to demean that type of content because I certainly don't feel that way about it either. I don't have the 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 impression that some people have where it's just like that's not content, right? Mm -hmm. That sure reaction is content, like it or not, it, yeah. it is. Uh, yeah. And there you, are people that like, like that. Do you like state of the art podcasts? They talk about stories of RPGs and stuff, and they have a discussion back and forth between a couple individuals. Right, but that's that's a different thing, right? Like I'm watching yeah, a podcast, I mean, you know, or I'm listening to a sure. podcast okay. at that point. You know, I'm not. Gotcha. You know, I'm not. If if somebody did a reaction podcast on somebody else's podcast, then no, I probably wouldn't <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> Like now we're in podcast uh, after. Yeah, it's just not me. Like so, I, I like the, I, I don't know, like gaming historian, right? That that is sure. like high yeah. effort, yeah. high time content, well I done, well researched, yeah. and let, that's the the stuff I gravitate towards when I'm like, hey, I need some white noise on while I'm working today. Let me throw on some of um, Josh Strife Hayes's stuff. You know, just yeah. Usually, usually for me, it's when there's like a discussion happening around a thing that I like. I like yeah, Asmongold I like, personally. Like I think I think I he's had, I think he's done yeah. some dumb stuff over the years, but even he'll admit sure, that he's done some sure. dumb stuff over yeah. the years. But sure. I can't sit there and watch Asmongold when that's his content. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I, me, me either. Not, unless uh, me. again, unless he's talking about something that I'm like severe, like really interested in, which as of late, <laughs> we just I mean, you know. <laughs> right. Like you know, when he, when he talked about some Final Fantasy stuff, I was definitely in there watching some stuff. Um, well, and like Zeno has some good ones too, like when he talks about stuff that pertains to things in the game that I have an opinion on. I like here it is. I because I do respect his opinion right. when it comes to like raids and stuff. So it just yeah. depends. We'll get to the chair and stuff. Anyway, we got kind of sidebar there. Uh let's talk about some other Final Fantasy 14 maybe not so good stuff. The general sales went up uh live this week for FanFest here in the United States. They said they had several thousand tickets now what we presume is what we kind of talked about on this show right is that those several thousand would be what's left over from the pre-sale where tark got a code but didn't buy any tickets for any reason and decided to let him go or mm -hmm. tark got a code and bought one not two which was the cap and that's how they end up with several thousand left over it would kind of have felt we're assuming that they did not reserve a portion for general yeah. sale because that would feel they really would, bad with the lottery that. on the front end of the things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that would just feel awful. So we're going to assume that everything's on the up and up on that front. And it's legitimately tickets that weren't sold in pre-sale that got that. Did you, either of you gentlemen, a try to uh general sale tickets or number two, successfully, get tickets tark we'll go to you first oh can we go to can we go to him first no we're going <laughs> to you first we're going to start first. all right so uh to restate i did not get a code i did not let yeah, that nobody on this show did. yeah <laughs> um 
So we, we set the time. Uh, we had my little group of four. We reached out to others that were not interested in going to FanFest and kind of recruited them to join our little group to get tickets. Right. So we ended up having like 11 or 12 people, um, most of them not caring. So that, that it's just more people to hit buttons and standing. Yeah, get to, a ticket and sell it to me type deal. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we had 11, 12. We managed to get six tickets. And your boy Tark is going to FanFest. Oh, well, congrats. Congrats. Did you just get one or were you able to snag two or what? what's the deal? Like, well, our, our collective got six. So we were able to get the people that we knew wanted to go. So how, they went. So how many of knew they wanted to go got asked out because you only got six? Like, how was that portion settled? <laughs> uh, it was kind of primary. I mean, there were still quite a few people that. You know, it was kind of priority for our little click that we had. So, you know, we wanted to take care of, you know, the, the four people that were there. Um, and two of them already had tickets. So we had two there. And then we started going out to, to more recent people that we wanted to get tickets for. Um, and if I had myself gotten, I, I didn't even get tickets myself. I had to be, you know, sold one. Um, if I had gotten tickets, I would have actually extended that out to you two gentlemen. But uh, unfortunately, that did not come to pass. So that's pretty awesome for Tark Kronos. What uh, <laughs> I uh, would like to ask you is, I was not even remotely made aware of Tark's little group. Hey, let's make this happen. Were you? No, but I had something. Similar. Yeah, that's that's so, wild. That's a good friend right uh, there. Not even a heads up on the <laughs> attempt. <laughs> Let I had, alone. Yeah, we had like 12-ish people, I think, trying. Uh, I had my cell phone and my browser open, so like there was also some doubling up on stuff like that. Uh, we were in queue. Two people got through, but by the time like we were in, it said sold out. So, yeah, we were kind of... we None of us got any. Yeah, so. yeah, I made the queue, and like I said, I I don't even know if I would have gone, uh, because then you start you start talking about like, and there was the problem with the lottery, right? It's like, oh great, I can go, but nobody I know is going. <laughs> like you start yeah. running into that, I'm gonna be going by myself type deal, mm-hmm. uh, and so I'm like, well, you know, worst comes to worst, if I get a ticket and I decide not to use it, like I'll 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 hit up uh, I'll hit up Adam, I'll hit up Tark, whatever. If they didn't get one and. There'll be an outlet for this ticket if I decide not yeah. to use it, so I'm, yeah. I'm going to try. That's uh, how we felt. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure, uh, but you kept it in. Yeah, I mean, if nice, we had one, nice job. <laughs> if we well, had one a bunch, I, I probably would have reached out too. But we, we were trying to get six, and we got zero. So yeah, so I was like front and center. I got in queue right away. Oh, I was in queue an hour early, but yeah. that, I don't think that really mattered. No, so that didn't like, matter because you know. it didn't. The way the the show the the show click site worked, like it wouldn't put anybody in line. Yeah, you were dropped in like at zero. Everybody basically. got dropped in at zero in like yeah. probably a random order. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I was but did not did not manage to get a ticket. So did not manage to. So Tark, have fun. Uh, go ahead, Chrono. The other thing that sucks, I was saying, is uh, these are extremely scalpable. Oh, one, oh <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. They've been scalpable so, like, since the codes went out. Yeah, yeah, but like the it's even worse than I think we thought. <laughs> like, you can change the name at any time, and the name mm-hmm. is what has to match your ID. That's it. Yep. So like Tark, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to do this, but 
he has his name on that ticket. He could change that name to like one of our names, and no, nothing would be. That's it. It's our ticket. Now. Yeah, as long as the ID. And then he can change it back to his, and now it's his ticket again. So it's like, yeah. It's interesting that that's the route they chose. Yeah, you know? even when the codes came out, we saw them start to hit eBay between five hundred and a thousand dollars, and that was just I saw the one. codes. Now <laughs> keep in mind the codes. The codes entitled yeah. you to two potential tickets. You know, which so, you have to spend four hundred more. Which you have to spend four hundred more dollars to buy. <laughs> yeah. You know, they yeah. weren't selling the tickets. They were selling. They were smart about it, right? I'm not buying the tickets and selling, selling you the, tickets. the opportunity. I'll sell oh, you the yeah, code, absolutely. and if you want to buy absolutely. two tickets, go buy two tickets on top of it. And yeah. then, then yeah, these the individual tickets are infinitely more scalpable. So, uh, lots of disappointment. I, I saw a comment. You know, obviously a lot of people butthurt about the way it went. You know, I'm not yeah, a, I'm is. not particularly yeah. thrilled with the way it went either. Uh, but you know, say la vie, life moves on. the The one comment that I saw that I thought maybe I'm going to bring that to the show and see what the guys think though is. The way it was handled, set aside the lottery and the general sale queue. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about the limiting to two in particular. Um, mm. And then the lottery and stuff compounding that. Is that some people were commenting to the effect that it was almost, they felt like Square Enix was looking at this almost as if it was like a concert, right? Like you want to come and see Yoshi P and see the Final Fantasy. Not. I want to go to a convention with my friends, which is more what this type of event generally would be. And the way they oh. did the lottery and the limiting to two really just shut down any potential for, you know, your free company to go and hang out as a free company. If that's what you wanted to do, there was like literally zero chance of things like that happening, even in groups of four and six. It, it's been if you pulled it off, you were incredibly lucky to pull it off and go with three or four friends. Do you think that that was a mindset on how Square Enix views this event and what it actually is, uh, Tark? Or was that just an unfortunate byproduct of a system that is less than ideal on a number of fronts? I think it's just a matter of uh, the system itself being less than ideal. Um, I just think that they're trying something new. Um, the game has gotten so much bigger. And while they're in a bigger venue and have more tickets available, what is it like five times the amount, four times the amount from the previous fan fest that was yeah, live? And I mean, the real reality of it, right, is even if you held it in fucking Yankee Stadium, it's going to yeah. sell out and not everybody that wants to go can go. That That's just the yeah. nature of an event, period. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's just a matter of, they they chose to do a, a different system to maybe take the onus off of, well, I'm trying to click my button. I don't have the best internet and it just being a lottery. They really like their lotteries. I again, lost another house lottery. So I don't even want to talk about that anyways. Um, yeah, it, it's just unfortunate. Um, and maybe they'll try something different for next fan fest and maybe even more tickets, but the game will probably even be even bigger maybe at that point. So um, they, they were never going to make everybody happy, unfortunately. Kronos, thoughts? Yeah, I think it's hard because <clears throat> if they had let you buy like a bunch, I think the scalping problem would be even worse. Yes. So it's tough. I think that maybe um, what they should have done is if they wanted to do the lottery thing to make it kind of fair, I would have rather just had like more waves of player tickets until. 
maybe there was we had gone through two or three and then do general sales but maybe that's not fair either i don't know it's hard i think people would have been mad about that too uh i think maybe the best solution and but it's the most expensive solution for square is to maybe have an east and a west fan fest Mm. Um, to try to maybe divide up the player base a little bit. I think you'll have people that'll still try to go to both, but um, at least you'd have two chances to go. But again, that's like Square has to do two events and book two venues. Yeah, so and, that's and, a lot. And at the end of the day, this is a side event to them, it right? Is. Like, yeah. yes, it yeah. is great press. Yes, it is a nice way to get with the community. Yes, it's a nice way to generate hype and buzz and get headlines on gaming websites and stuff like that. But it's not necessary, right? It is not a vital component yeah. of running and advertising for Final Fantasy XIV. It does more for an audience you already have than, right. to, than, than it does attract a new audience uh and not saying that new players don't come when they see things at FanFest or see the headlines from FanFest. they certainly do but it certainly caters to money you're already making in in, in a great a great deal of respect so i don't know yeah too i think when you when you start getting then you need a whole division to start planning just these things right and they mm -hmm. just never stop and you know blizzcon sells out the old everquest fanfares they sold out like this is just the nature of the the beast right it, taylor mm -hmm. taylor swift sells out like there's gonna be people that are disappointed i'm one of them yeah. i do, i do agree with with you uh chronos and this, i know this is something we talked about all three of us on a different show is that i thought you know, if you if you find yourself pulling down three thousand tickets from your original sale, you need a second lottery. Like, why on earth, if you had that many people in the lottery for players, why are those three thousand going to? You know, if you if you ended up with a couple of hundred oddball yeah. tickets, fine, just general sale them, sale them, and be done. But if you had several thousand, I really feel like it should have. Like, okay, we had more that didn't sell than we anticipated. We're going to spin up a second lottery. If you opted into the first and didn't win, you are automatically in the second. Here we mm -hmm. go. Like, that is a big number to... to yeah, because... It does I, feel I bad it, as a player seeing thousands go on, several thousands, their exact words, go on the general market with so many dedicated players that opted in, just totally asked out now and treated as general public. When that's a, several thousand tickets is a big number. It's a big number. Yeah, I think it just the the extra step of having to have an account active, I think does deter a little bit at least. I mean, yeah, you're sure you're still thrown into a lottery system, which doesn't feel quite as good. But I don't think watching a little dude run across the screen very slowly feels that great either. So no. <laughs> um, we'll see. Maybe they'll make changes. Yeah, uh, I'm sure they will. Type thing, but I but honestly, it's like a well, how how else would you do it at this point? Like <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, when you start weighting things to Tark's idea, and when you start weighting it based on time, then then I think people start screaming about other unfair uh, aspects. So I don't yeah, think I don't, I don't think, think that's that's a they're never gonna about. make they're never gonna make anybody everybody happy. Unfortunately, no. Although if you uh, have been waiting for Final Fantasy fourteen Eorza, Eorzea Academy mangas, they are finally coming in English. Cool finally coming in english which is pretty nifty pretty nifty i gotta actually click this because i think i know that person um <clears throat> the author <laughs> so they there's a bunch of them they are coming they have you know uh 
Alphano, Alice, like all all the scions and in, in a kind of Japanese Japanese school setting ish things and yeah, I mean it's been released in Japan a while ago. So if it's not new, but it'll be new as far as an English translation. Uh, $14.99 in paperback form, $9.99 in digital form, releasing this September, 192 pages, and you can pre-order it today. Uh, not something I personally have interest in, but you gentlemen, you you buyers for this? No. No. Mm, no. I'd be interested if they had like an anime, a Final Fantasy XIV anime, but... Yeah, remember that like commercial one we saw that was like kind of looked like it might be teasing one in the future? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, I do remember that. That was a while ago. So there you go. And I guess let's talk about the chair. Tark, go ahead. What, what, what the hell do you want to say about the Lala chair? <laughs> all right. So, first of all, it's not a baby's chair, it's just a small chair. The chair looks You wouldn't stupid. put a baby. No, it's you not. You wouldn't a, put a baby okay, in that chair. Okay, hold on. It's not a small chair, right? A small chair would be a chair. That is just smaller, and that's what Lala's. And that's wanted. what they should have done. <laughs> that's that's what, what they should have done. That's what Kronos. I'm not a Lala, so you'll have to you have to uh, advise me if I'm wrong here. But that's what Lala's wanted was just some smaller furniture that fit their body type, right? Like yeah. this wasn't hard. What they were looking for. I really don't care, <laughs> but like I mean, sure. I, I know some people like when they saw the Shadowbringer stuff, like the Tomro stuff. Mm-hmm. They wanted some stuff like that. I get it. You know, that's fine. They should yeah. probably put some stuff in the game. But Small I think they were trying to make something that was usable, even if you weren't a Lawfell, even though it was like kind of made for a Lawfell. I think that was the idea they were going for. But, you know. Yeah, and it is kind of weird. Like, I've never stopped to think about it, right? But we walk around the world of Eorzea, and there is literally nothing Lala sized. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's this race of, of Lalas in the world. And nothing that was clearly made by them. Like, <laughs> like Alala isn't making jumbo chairs for their house. Like, okay. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I don't care enough about furnishings for my own character, let alone Lala's. But yeah, sure. If you want a small chair, Square, give him a small chair. And instead, yeah, come on, Tark. They did kind of give him a high chair without the tray. They, I mean, they they totally did give him a high chair or, without or the arm tray. Rests. <laughs> or armrests. Yeah, or... I mean... <laughs> Like even the 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 back of it, like that would still be like the lower back. Like the the, the lalas aren't like leaning back in that. It's just it's so weird. And the way they actually sit on it, they still leaning forward. Yeah, so they like, lean forward in the animation. It it, it kind of baffles me. It, it and just, it's it's not even really dyeable. Like it's an ugly yeah, it's, it's an ugly white with like a pink padding. But you could dye the padding. padding. But that's it. Like I looked at this not caring at all and going. Wow, they got—they kind of got screwed. Like that is not what I, I'm not a Lala guy, and I know that's not what they were asking for. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's not what Lala's were asking for. Okay, so there, Square Enix makes a dumb chair. It's mm-hmm. not what players wanted. So some players went to the forums, right? I'm sure Tark, right? And they put said, said hey, "What the hell is this? We didn't want a high chair. We didn't want a Lala fell lifter. We, we just wanted a small fucking chair. Could we just have a small chair, please? That's it. And maybe, yeah, sure. Maybe it looks goofy if other races sit on it because it's a small chair and not a big chair. But it's not made for them. You know, okay, fine. Whatever. Yeah. Give them a chair. And I'm sure it ended there with some people going to the forums saying, Square, please... 
hear us. This isn't what we wanted. Could you maybe reconsider naming this one first off and maybe give us a little chair or a little furnishing, right? And I'm sure that Square said, we'll take it under consideration. And then that was the end of it, right? Like how much drama there, could this possibly have caused, Tark? There's a little bit more into no. it. No. No, it's yeah. not a well, little let, more. To- it has, it, the things that caught on to it have nothing to do with the chair. I'll say that. I'll let Tark go, though. No, I I know well, I was facetiously I mean, teeing up where we were gonna <laughs> okay. go, Chronos. Come on, yeah. Okay. Look, know, I didn't, the, I didn't know if you saw these things. I don't know. You know, the internet and forums have a way of devolving from the original issues that have been brought up. So it started off just, you know, can we just get some appropriate sized chairs? Yeah, people to, pissed about a chair. What? Why? Why are they doing this to the Lollafells? Haven't we been harassed enough? And then the conversation shifted to the harassing of Lollafells and calling them P words because apparently they're like children and then really going off the rails to just insanity. And then people started reacting to it like Zeno and then other contact raiders had re reacception talking about racism and it just, everything just exploded into a fire and fury. And it was just absolutely ridiculous but it was fun to watch <laughs> not gonna lie this is why react concept works this is it right here <laughs> yeah i mean zeno in his video <laughs> oh. did say that he was like why am i doing this views yeah to get views yeah You're he, here he's to honest watch. He, zeno like, is very honest i'll get like yeah, yeah i respect his honesty what a mess like do do Lala's get harassed? Like I I don't know. I'm you, again. I'm yeah, not. I'm not like do. walking in Lala circles. I'm not. I'm not a role player in MMOs in general. So uh, even if my yeah. race was getting harassed in role playing circumstances, I, I wouldn't know it because I'm not in those circles. I I play and then I'm done. But like, is yeah. that a thing? Like calling yeah calling somebody you you know the accusations there. That just it just seems absurd to me. I, like. Yeah, it because definitely you happened. rolled a you rolled a tiny character because, like what yeah. what? Yeah, I mean, I I play them because they're the small character. That that's I just do that in pretty much most games I play. And I don't I'm know if anybody knows. Person. Yeah, Adam is not a very tall guy. Um. So I mean, yeah, they they have they have baby faces. They do look kind of like kids. I'm not gonna lie. It's fine. Um. Anybody that would call me a pedo in game though. Uh. I'm just gonna block them and yeah. move on with my yeah, life. Yeah, and that's that was the point Zeno was trying to make. Um, just block them, report them, move yeah. on. Yeah, like it's. I mean, it sucks, but the internet. I, I mean, I know this maybe be like slightly dismissive, I guess, but it's the internet, man. Like, I can't control what everybody does. The more I try to think about controlling what everybody does, the more miserable that's gonna make me. So I'd rather just get them the fuck out of there and uh, move on with my life because I'm playing a video game. Um, and I'm just trying to have fun, but it does happen, and it's sad that it happens, and those people suck. But like, I don't think it has anything to do with the with what the initial thing was. Talking yeah, about. I kind of like got sidetracked so, really quickly. And yeah. Pyro was doing his usual Pyro stuff, you yeah. know, being angry and and yelling and stuff. I, I'm I I don't think I've ever watched like a full Pyro stream or anything like that. Again, it's just not. Nothing against him. I don't know him personally in any way, shape, or form. Uh, yeah. Just not my my flavor of content. <sighs> yeah, I, I think it got blown out of proportion, but, you know, I mean, that's just how these things go. And then, you know. 
a lot of eyes not on only, it. But... Not only to get like the the whole forum discussion go sideways as it's wont to do on forums and on the internet, but like even Pyro admitted he only watched like <laughs> that was the funny part. Sixty yeah. percent of he... Zeno's video. He got they, they, like, both, they both had like the basic same viewpoint too. They had yeah. the exact that same was the weird thing to me. It was like, and and yeah. I think Zeno made that point in his video. We was just like, I agree with we you. We agree. <laughs> the only thing that like Zeno was given Pyro real hard time about was the what the comparison, the comparison of well, the comparison racism in game versus I, racism outside in real life like and, pyro and started, had, had made a point yeah. that those were the same things uh and, right. and Zeno took umbrage with that point uh yeah. on, the, on, on on all other fronts the harassment of people in game the harassment of people in life the stupid chair itself like from what i could gather they both fucking agreed they did they did and, yeah and then they got to name calling and then it just evolved so you know i mean and then asman went and watched right yeah, and I think Asmund basically said the same stuff we we're pretty much saying. So, it's, you know. Wild. Wild, man. Yeah. A chair. It all started with a chair. A chair. A really <laughs> ugly chair. Like, even really if it ugly. wasn't tied to being yeah. Lala, it's an ugly ass chair. I mean, it was, for about three or four days, I think the chair was all people were probably seeing as far as content was concerned mm -hmm. in this game. Oh, yeah. Which tells you everything you need to know about where we are at the best. Yeah, about 6.35, yeah. <laughs> That's what I liked about Asmund's take, is like, they need to put out a new raid or some other stuff. I'm like, they actually already did. This is this is what happens when we have a content route. <laughs> All right, let's slide over to some other... I mean, let us know how you feel about the chair in the comments below. I just, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, some other Square Enix stuff. Dragon Quest Twelve, gentlemen... We don't have news news, but I didn't know if either of you had seen this, so I tossed it into the notes, because I do think it kind of goes along with the topic we've been discussing recently, with the whole turn-based battles, and we kind of knew that, yeah. you know, it seemed like Dragon Quest Twelve for a while was going to carry that banner, right? If Final Fantasy was going to get away from that, Dragon Quest might fill that, that gap. And then we saw initial kind of faux descriptions uh, from the team about Dragon Quest Twelve and the way they kept referring to it as an action-y combat and, and like odd adjectives here and there. And we were like, mm, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe they're going to go a little bit different. We kind of have confirmation of that, but we don't know which way this falls. <laughs> we just don't know. There's job listings for uh, more employees to come and work on Dragon Quest Twelve. But then also uh, Yuji Hori, the excuse me, uh, Yuji Hori, the series creator, and uh, he kind of teased the. I'm sorry, series creator and Yuji Hori, both people, uh, teased a revamped battle system, and they have a fully functioning prototype already now. This is the way that they described it. Okay. Uh, we'll revamp the command battle system. It's still a secret how it will be revamped, but we've already completed a prototype, and while working with the staff, I'm convinced that this could definitely be interesting. We are convinced it will be a lot of fun. The story is finished, and all we have to do now is implement it, but it's a big game, so it'll take some time to complete it. But if you apply for the new development position on their staff, you'll be the first to see the new Dragon Quest, or rather 
you'll be able to create it with us. So revamped, definitely interesting. Command battles of the past will be completely redesigned. How we will do it is still a secret. What do you think, Tark? Does this interest you, or does this kind of make you go, well, crap, nothing's turn-based anymore? (laughs) I'm a little sad, because I was hoping that this would be where I get my turn-based RPG fix. That and and Octopath uh, seem to be the the go-tos right now. Um, you know, they kind of wanted to do something like this with Dragon Quest XI, um, because he had two different modes. Um, it was still all turn-based, but you could move your character around, and I thought there was going to be implementations to that, like, oh, if I move my character around to the backside, I can, you know, up my crit chance or whatnot. It it was all just, that was all just fluff, so I just switched it to pure turn-based. The whole movement thing was just uh for show uh so i'm wondering if they are uh, taking that and actually gonna iterate on that or if they're just something completely different but yeah i'm a little sad because i wanted some turn-based you know triple a goodness for my rpgs and i was hoping that dragon quest was going to be it since final fantasy is going the way of the dodo as we've talked about ad nauseum yeah i mean adam it's kind of hard not to look at that and go it, it, they don't say, hey, we're not doing command-based, but they, they're saying we've totally revamped command-based. So they, they still keep like that command-based word in there, so that implies maybe it could just be a, a, an iteration on turn-based combat, but obviously you don't need menus in turn-based combat to issue commands, so they kind of leave it nebulous. Yeah, Uh I mean, I said on here before, I don't really play all the Dragon Quest games. They're not, like, my thing. Uh, but, like, I, I wish there was still more of, like, an out, like, a place for turn-based stuff to exist. Um, I feel like the vibe I got from this is, like, we're going in the Final Fantasy VII remake direction. But, I don't know, we'll see. I mean, we'll need kind to see like more. Kind of like that hybrid, feels... almost. Yeah, I like we're that like, hybrid. Or I do like the hybrid, too. But it's, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's definitely not turn-based, but I do like the hybrid. But it's like, um, you know, you have, like, your menus, but you're still hit hitting buttons and doing things as like an action RPG, but you have like a menu to do certain things and maybe a gauge that fills up as time passes, etc. Pretty much similar to how Southern Remake works. That's that's the vibe I got from like reading this right. letter. But we'll, we'll see. see. I mean, Drew Swanson over at Game Rant wrote a piece, an editorial piece, if you want to go check it out, called Why the Silence Around Dragon Quest Twelve is Especially Concerning. And kind of puts forth the the idea that, hey, Square isn't doing that well right now, obviously. Again, we've mm. discussed that. Set aside Final Fantasy VII Remake, set aside Final Fantasy XIV, and you have a slate of release after release after release. Arguably too many releases in such a short time frame as far as consumers being able to actually purchase them all in the era of a recession. And them generally, for the most part, not being all that well received. Uh, with a few exceptions here and there, they've got the twenty, the thirty-fifth anniversary. Uh, they, what's wh- what's going on with Dragon Quest? Could talking more about Dragon Quest Twelve be the boost that Square Enix could clearly use right now? A- and while I don't maybe disagree with that portion, right? 
Are you a little concerned that you haven't heard more from Dragon Quest Twelve? Yes, I am, actually, because it's been quite some time since we've known about Dragon Quest Twelve officially, and if you count rumors, we've known about it even longer. Uh, but officially, it's been a while. And this really, just this statement about combat is basically the first thing we've seen since the logo reveal way back when. Where I maybe disagree with Drew and, and see where you where you land on this, Tark, is I don't know if talking about it right now is the best thing. Uh, yes, I could see it definitely as a boost or something to square, but they are in Final Fantasy 16 mode hard right now. And they need to be. That is their next big marquee release, and it's only a few months away. But it would be nice to hear some Dragon Quest Twelve news, and maybe that could help with a bit of a rocky situation right now. Or do you run the risk of Dragon Quest Twelve news getting drowned out by 16 news, which you have to be releasing right now? You're headed into release. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I think the noise is too much around 16, um, and then we're going to have noise around the expansion, um, not to mention Rebirth is next winter. Um, and I just don't think they're in a place to really show anything off. Like, I don't understand. Well, I, I mean, they just said they have a I, prototype of the battle system. Uh, that's pretty yeah. core. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's pretty core, but like, how much is really fleshed out as far as like graphics and... Well, and, that's what and, I mean. Just like, it right. sounds it's like, like it's really, really far behind where I would right. expect yeah, yeah. it to be when you're referring to you now having a working prototype of your battle Which, system. Yeah. Which brings me to, like, why even announce the game and its logo so far? Like, I hate when, when companies do that. It's like, hey, this game's coming out. And, and, like, I knew that when we only got a logo, like, this game is four years off. Like, I, I right now, I don't care because there's there's nothing to show they're only showing me a logo and not even showing me like the title that it was just the logo that we had no title for this game so i i haven't cared it's been like back in my mind i know we've talked about it but like until i see something from the game i just don't care about it right now it's like i got 16 to worry about i got 14 expansion i got rebirth that is more than enough on my plate for just square enix and i got other games that i want to play too so Four years is generous, I feel like. When you get just the logo treatment, I feel like it's always, like, forever, man. Because yeah. what was it? Seven Remake, we got, like, the logo, and then just Cloud's back with his hair. Yeah. Now, <laughs> we had that reveal trailer. Then, yeah. And then, we don't the even want to talk about... Yeah, we don't even want to talk about Metroid Prime 4. They're still, they're still in logo land. So, <laughs> yeah. I feel like just the logo is never a good way to, to introduce your product. It never ends well, I feel like. Or, yeah. like, it, it ends okay, but... It, takes a while to get there. Yeah, and I mean, like, other franchises that could have potentially carried the turn-based system, right? Like, Star Ocean left that that ballpark a long time ago, right? Long the, time the, ago. A long time ago, they got out of that. And it's just like, I mean, Octopath Traveler, I guess. You know, that's, that's it. HD 2D remakes, let's go. Yeah, and I mean they're Pump gonna they're definitely they've they've said they want to do that and they definitely can, but that only gets you so far, right? Like you you can only sure. remake them one time. Um and then you're done. We'll say I I'm definitely concerned about Dragon Quest twelve at this point. I do at least agree with Drew on that front. I don't think right now is the best time to be dropping news because you're just gonna bury your own news, which arguably is one of Square's problems right now too, right? Like it was, should we be talking about Forspoken? 
Final Fantasy 16, a Final Fantasy 14's next patch, like uh, Octopath Traveler and and Theat Rhythm, and and th like they crammed so many releases over the last eight months, and so many of them were mediocre at best, uh, mediocre at best. You cram your own schedule, like I'm sorry, I don't have eight hundred dollars to give you, Square. You know, <laughs> it's like I'm gonna pick the two that I want, and well, that's it as the general consumer. Well, I had I had fifteen hundred for the collector's edition of sixteen, right? So I mean, that was... Uh, well, well, that was I think twenty two fifty though. The so you still owe a little bit on that collector's set. It's oh, not fully okay. paid okay. off yet. You got got to right. go okay. back in and pay. Oh, I'm not, you know, at this point, I'm gonna resell this thing and you should probably yeah, yeah, you should probably just remortgage the house and just get it <laughs> get it over with. <laughs> hey, there was an interesting article over on uh, IGN talking about or talking with uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi and uh, Koji Isha Igarashi. Um, and I know those, right, they come from two wildly different backgrounds, right? Final Fantasy creator and Castlevania creator and action games versus RPGs and all that good stuff. But I thought it was a really great conversation. It was actually during a panel at uh, the Monaco Anime Game International Conference, Magic. Uh, you'd think that conference would be about something else. Um, mm. About kind of like the the like Japanese game industry and how like it ramped up and then kind of had a hard time for a while and now is coming back in a strong way with uh, RPGs and, and, and other great products coming out of Japan. And they kind of... They kind of talked about their inspiration, which we, we don't really want to get into here. I just want to get to one like little crux of the argument here. Uh, and, and the point that they were making is that whether or not the individual creators are inspired by Western games or, or not doesn't matter for what I want to talk about here. They do go into that hint. One of them is one of them is not uh, inspired by Western titles. But they, they do kind of talk about, look, at the time, back in the day, people in the West saw pixel art three head characters as something for children. And so while RPGs are blowing up in Japan, they weren't really received that way in the West. And that's why Final Fantasy VII had a lot of focus on cutscenes and, and action sequences and things like that to kind of draw in a Western audience. But then they say more on the tech side of things. If you look at the consoles back in those days, not only were they made by Japanese companies, which predominantly, besides Xbox, they still are made by Japanese companies, but they were also made more for the Japanese audience, and those companies had access to each other. So Square had access to Nintendo and Sony, and documentation was in Japanese, and they could reach out to people far easier than developers here in the West could. And so that leads to the Japanese games being a, a higher quality um, because they have more tools at their disposal. And they say that kind of stopped around the PlayStation 3 era when Sony starts to become a little more global, moves marketing here to the West because that's the audience that they're after. They're kind of more looking for that movie expose, big splash game. And now the documentation is starting to come out in English. The readily available contact points aren't there. And so you start to see a decline in Japanese games. That Then they both argue, now you're seeing the other side of that, where, okay, we've now adapted to this new 
standard set back in the PS3 era, and that's why you're seeing a resurgence of very high-quality Japanese products. I don't know, like, who am I to tell them, Tark, like, hey, I, I, don't, I think there's more to it than that. They're there, right? They're on the ground. They're Japanese developers who lived through all these segments of it. Maybe there is, that is a huge reason for this stuff. Or for this cycle. Maybe. I, I just find all of this kind of stuff, I don't really have an opinion on it. I just find it absolutely fascinating to hear from the developers about situations and, and the history of, of the gaming. Because I, I just play the games. I didn't really like dive into you know how they've made them. Um, I also found this kind of interesting when you know Joshi P was talking about JRPGs being you know like a yeah not like blown term. away yeah. Um, so I find all of this absolutely fascinating, and it's good to get some perspective from their point of view. Um, like a, I know there's like a, a video game museum out there. Um, I wish there was more documentation documentation about like the histories and the background stuff. Um, you know, documentaries about how how things are are done and, and the history of timelines of certain companies would be fascinating to watch. I thought it was a great read, Adam. I thought it was a yeah. really interesting article. There's some cool documentaries on Netflix just to plug those that uh, do kind of some something similar to what you're looking for. I'm trying to remember the names, but I don't off the top of my head. But is they're a most, good one. Yeah, they're mostly like American companies, though. Yeah. So you don't really get the like, um. Like the although no I think. The no clip from Final Fantasy fourteen. Most of no clip stuff is is awesome. Yeah. I think Sega is actually in there because they talk about Sonic for a while, if I remember correctly, and like how they created him and how he was how he compared like what they wanted to do different from Mario, et cetera, et cetera. So it's sure. actually it's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, book. that's all talk- documented in uh, what Console Wars, which is a fantastic yeah. book. It's kind of a novelization of the Nintendo Sega stuff with. We've gathered all the sources. We've got all the paperwork. We've interviewed all the people, and they kind of just novelize the timeline of Sega yeah. versus Nintendo. If you've never read it, it's, it's actually a very, very good read. I I thought the article, this in particular, was actually really interesting. I never thought about it from this way, but it makes a lot of sense to me because if you know, like the documentation, the proprietary stuff was in Japan. I never really thought about like how anybody making a game in America, any American company would probably, yeah, they, you're going to get your documentation in like either crappy English probably. Cause back then, I mean, it was a lot harder to get that stuff or you're going to better learn Japanese. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I never thought about it. I would say though, like they, they look at the PS3 era. I think midway through PS2 is probably when you, the shift started to happen, honestly. Yeah. But that um, makes that sense I, though. Right. Yeah. Because on the back end, they would have been dealing with PS3 dev kits at that point. Sure, exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that makes a ton of sense for sure. Yeah, because I mean, I think that's when like American studios started to kind of find their footing. And I mean, you could say that the Japanese stuff declined. I was still playing. Well, their it, whole but, point, um, their, their one big point was when they got to that point, consoles were very specific, and yeah. now they were mm-hmm. more like programming for a PC, which right. the Japanese yeah. console audience or console yeah. developers had very little experience doing, and the West yeah. had basically had to do it just to yep. even get things on the NES and the SNES and things like that. So they had an advantage when things click over into the PS3 era, not just in this translation and guides and stuff, but just in general practices. Now they're, the consoles are like programming for a computer, and the Japanese yep. devs, in their opinions, had to catch up at that point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was super interesting, though. although uh, we need a new Castlevania game, please. Yeah, Did you see that Konami has uh, said that they were very interested and, and delighted by the 
uh, reception that the Castlevania DLC sure. is getting in Dead Cells. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, they'll probably make another pachinko machine. Yeah, yeah it'll be yeah. awesome. That's what yeah. that's what Torchwick said when I told him yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He knows. Uh, a symbiogenesis isn't going anywhere, gang. It's uh, not going anywhere. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. So Square Enix has released uh, info saying that there will be ten thousand characters in its NFT game. Remember, this is the one that we thought could be related to Parasite Eve, like most of the internet, and then quickly got that hope dashed. Here's a little teaser movie that they have shown on it. Uh, I'm showing it in full here. By the time I finish the next three sentences, it will be over. So you won't have missed much. Don't blink. But they uh, do. that's it. They show this, and they say, hey, there's going to be 10,000 characters. It's going to be launched uh, tomorrow. On the 17th, the the official website will launch tomorrow. Uh, And then we'll have like episodic play. And yeah, you could totally play through that without buying any of the NFTs. But, but yeah, this is where we're at. The best thing I thought about the I saw about this was Kotaku's headline for it. Uh, I I laughed when you showed me this. Yeah, and I don't know how many people noticed this, but if you look at the URL, it's Symbiogenesis Square Enix NFT Game RPG Crypto Socks. Okay. (laughs) The headline on the article, if you're looking at the article proper, is Square Enix is still making that NFT game in 2023. However... Google what Google says Google still has what I assume was the original headline. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Symbiogenesis Square Enix's NFT game looks like complete shit. <laughs> I checked just before the show by the way. This has still not been updated in Google cache yeah, files. So it's probably, yeah. probably going to stay the there. Yeah, the metadata has yeah. got to be updated from, I would assume, from Kotaku's side at this point. Because if they had updated the metadata, this likely would have been gone by the time we got to the show today. Uh, yep. But yeah, so you could tell from the URL that this had to have been the original headline. And the editor just said, I don't want the word shit in the URL. So I'm going to say <laughs> socks at the end of the headline uh, in the URL. But then the headline itself totally got redone. Ironically, I think they hit a home run the first time out and, and then yeah. and then changed it to a double. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate blunt honesty and Kotaku at this point. Yep. They're like, they're not pulling any punches on this thing. It's gross. <laughs> This whole thing is gross. You probably won't be surprised to hear that exclusivity deals from Square Enix will continue with PlayStation. And while they didn't directly confirm that in an exact sentence, the question from their finally English-translated earnings report was, what is your platform strategy for your forthcoming new titles? And the answer was, we intend to maintain the multi-platform strategy that we have adopted to date. Now, keep in mind, to date implies everything we've done in the past uh, up to today. And if you think about that, it says multi-console. But if you think about what they've done to date or multi-platform, it's always been an exclusivity deal for a period of time. And then it comes out in some other places. And God help you if you're on an Xbox waiting for a Square Enix title anytime soon, uh, period, regardless of exclusivity deals. 
So expect that to continue. I don't think that's really surprising, right? These two yeah. companies just need to get together and just freaking merge at it this was, point. Let's just it was, go. Let's do it, it was more surprising when Crisis Core like released on everything. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was shocked about that. Yeah. Happy, happy for it to happen. I think they should be on all the platforms, but yeah. Remember, we will be seeing Square Enix at PAX East. That starts Thursday of next week. We will not have Gaming Gumbo this Saturday, but we will be back uh, Thursday for Relic Grind. I, maybe, I mean, it'll be the first day of PAX, so Square Enix is going to be there not just in the 14 and 16 uh, Final Fantasy panels, but in other capacities as well, showing off other stuff. I don't know how much we'll have that afternoon, but of course, anything that they do show off, we will bring. And lastly, before we go to love it or leave it, gentlemen, as if we didn't know it already, Square Enix has finally come out and said that, yep, Forspoken sales were lackluster and plagued by discourse and negative sentiment following its earliest trailers. The demo didn't help either. But not a surprise. Not shocking. Not shocking. What does uh, may uh, upset investors a little bit is that they said, um, where is it? That said, its sales have been lackluster, and while the performance of new titles with February and March release dates will be the ultimate determinant, we see considerable downside risk to our fiscal 2023 quarter three earnings. What comes out in March and April? Or, I'm sorry, February and March. Uh, Octopath came out. Yeah, I mean, that'll do well. Uh, Theatrhythm. I want to say that'll do well, but it is it is very niche. It's probably niche, yeah. yeah I'm trying to think. I don't know. I mean, it's, that, it's that, very, it, very well I done. It. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very well done, but it's super niche. Power Wash Simulator DLC. There you go. That's a seller. So, <sighs> yeah, I think they're right to say our yeah. finances for this quarter are likely going yeah. to be down i mean they're really banking on 16 and and remake 2 part 2 rebirth mm-hmm. i mean they have to be they have yeah. to I, I, I think those will disappoint them but after that i mean you got the expansion and then i think we're after that it's probably going to be something like we're dealing with now so we'll see let's uh head over to love it or leave it Lately, gentlemen with Square Enix, we say we'll see a lot. (laughs) Who knows? I'm just trying to be just trying to be nice. All right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Love it or leave it is the way we end every episode of the Relic Grind. Here, it's where I give you something Square Enix related. You tell me, love it, want more of it, leave it, get rid of it right away. And I was gonna, I was gonna softball this one. And in in the show notes, it it still does have the softball Symbiogenesis uh, video. But I figured, you know, everybody's just gonna love that, uh, love it right away. Like everybody, all everybody on this panel is just gonna love that, right? No. So I'm gonna go with <laughs> love it or leave it. Silence on Dragon Quest Twelve. Tark, oh. are you a fan of them being a little quiet right now? Uh, and you're okay with it? You understand it? You want them to bake it before you see it, or is this a detriment to them? And you gotta leave. And say, hey, say something. So uh, love or leave their silence. Love. Okay, I guess I will love the silence. Uh, don't show me anything. Heck, you shouldn't even announced it. Uh, don't show me anything until you have something like concrete and get, you know, 
somewhere close to a release date. Um, I kind of put the guys on the spot too. They didn't know I was going to change this. No. (laughs) So you're getting gut reactions. Yeah. You're getting gut reaction. Um, I kind of approved how 16 was handled. You know, they didn't really show us until they were close to being done, but even that took like two years to, to really flesh out and show us anything of real substance. So, um, yeah, stop showing us stuff that's like in concept stages. You know, wait, wait till you get closer. So yes, I love that they're being silent about it. There's no need to release information that's half baked. We'll, we'll wait till we get closer. Kronos? This is a weird one because I, <laughs> I was gonna say leave it, but I kind of agree with what everything Tark's saying. I guess just in a different light. Like I don't think they should have announced it. I think if all yeah, you I, have yeah. to show is right, a right. logo. Uh, There's no point. You shouldn't. So, like, I guess, like, the reason I was going to say leave it is because I feel like they have nothing to show. I don't know why the heck they announced it in the first place, so I don't even know, like... But obviously, they have nothing else to say right now, so it's kind of a weird place. So I guess I'll say love it, because I wouldn't want to see the game until they actually have something of worth to show, and I don't think they're at that stage yet. But I just don't think they should have announced it to begin with, because they obviously weren't going to reach that stage for quite a while. So I'm gonna leave it. They should be talking about it. Whatever. You just <laughs> twenty <laughs> minutes ago you were like, I know hey, got sixteen, it's gonna get buried. Yeah, it, it would be ridiculous. But I'm talking about me personally. I wanna see it. <laughs> I wanna see it. I mean that, so, that's fair. Like if pre alpha stage prototype. I mean that's I can, when, when I can showed... sit here and totally understand why they're not, because it's not there yeah. yet. They don't have a lot to show, they don't want to get it tied up in sixteen news cycles. I could totally understand why they're doing it. But I can also at the same time say, damn it, show me something. <laughs> yeah. I was definitely like that with 7 Remake. I was like, just show me anything, dude. I don't care what it is, man. <laughs> Tap it into the veins. Give me a little head. Here we go. Yeah. That's going to do it it. for this episode of The Relic Grind. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Remember, click like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, and let us know how you feel about Lalafell chairs in the comments. No gaming gumbo this Saturday. Uh, However, we will be back just as normal next week. And Relic Grind hasn't missed a beat, so we'll see you next Thursday for that. Until next time, Kronos, where can everybody find you? Yeah, same as always. Twitter, not much going on. Just doing raid stuff. Already basically finished all the patch stuff, so yeah. I'll be there. Tark. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all at Tarkoth Gaming. Um, being sad about not having my Hall of Fame quarterback, but already mentally prepared that that was going to happen. Yeah, dude, he checked um, out before last year even started. <laughs> <laughs> you anyways. knew he was gone in preseason. <laughs> uh, and then back here on Ready Check, uh, yeah, Ready Check Radio on Saturday. Hopefully I won't be sick. And we'll get my full Final Fantasy 15 fix here this weekend. So, I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there, Magic Man One. But more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R A I D E O, on Twitter, and you'll know every time we go live with a podcast stream or we're just hanging out, having a good time. Until next time, gang, stay safe. We'll see you on the servers.